You're listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, this afternoon. Let's turn to our first topic of today. We're talking about childhood obesity. How common is this and how big of a problem will this be later on in life for our children? To mull over this topic, we're chatting with dietitian Lisa Chan. Lisa, good afternoon to you and thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Good afternoon, Noreen. So how do you first of all define childhood obesity versus um a chubby child, for example. Right. So basically with children, it's kind of different uh, measuring tools with um, adults. We actually use the growth chart. So every child has their own um, growth trends. So what we need to monitor is their weight and also their height. So usually if their chart is over the 95th percentile, the top the highest percentile, then we would be alarmed. But of course, you also need to look at their um, height as well. So if both height and their weight is over the 95th percentile, then it may not be too much of a concern. It could be just that he's a Big bit... Bones. yeah, uh, Yeah, very tall for his age, which does happen. But the, yeah, so you need to look at the monitor, the growth chart from birth and then see which um, percentile they follow and then follow them through until they are 18. Then they can go on to the BMI, like calculation of the body max index. Which in itself can also present its own problem because if you have more muscles, that's I mean, right. in adults, then your yes. BMI will be, that's, that's why I keep telling myself if my BMI <laughs> is it's my muscle. No, you're right about that. So, because like if you have a bodybuilder, they will always be considered as obese because the muscle is so heavy so you're right you're right so that comes to another uh, measurement tools is you may measure the waist waistline and then the waist to hip ratio also so with children it's uh, a bit easier to tell if they actually have fat and uh, versus chubbiness because their belly do actually uh, grow out more obvious than adults i guess (laughs) So we often hear sort of in the media statistics and studies show that, you know, there are a lot of um, obese children in Hong Kong. Yes. I mean, you you work with them. Do, do you see a lot? Is it a big problem here in Hong Kong? It is actually a growing problem in worldwide, let it be in uh, Asia or in um, Western countries. I think it's because we are more, how should I say, our resources are more. The the parents, uh, they, they have more how should I say, more money or, or they can provide more than what we used to. And also we use food as rewards. And then we have less activities, like especially in Hong Kong, a lot of children will end up in... Tuition um, centres. That's right. Yeah. And then they will be sitting there till late and then they will be eating late and then they will be sleeping late. Because if you don't sleep well, you actually gain weight as well. Because you're tired, so you're getting, you're, you're eating more. Same with adults. Exactly, exactly. And then there are oh. studies that says when, when you are more tired, you tend to choose food that is high in calories. So, um, with children, when the, both parents are working, when they're at home, then, you know, they might go and eat something that they're not, they shouldn't be. Or when they're hungry, they just grab snacks. They wouldn't know what to choose. I think it's also the education. In Hong Kong education, they probably focus more in the academics rather than, you know, what is a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, well, let's hear some of the consequences yes. of obesity. I mean, what happens if your child is persistently overweight? Well, a lot of studies says that if you are obese, 
in childhood, the chances of being obese in adulthood is very high. And what is the problem with obesity? There's a heart concern, cardiovascular, and then there's the blood pressure, there is a diabetes, and then, of course, there are also a high chance of cancer as well. So there's a lot of um, diseases involved with obesity. What about, I mean, can it be prevented then? I mean, it sounds so simple, you know, then just stop eating junk food. But what other ways are there for for parents and for their children to actively prevent uh, childhood obesity? Yeah, I think you actually need to be started at home, like what sort of food you provide them with and some education of what food to choose when they're outside of home. For example, the canteens and um, also what happens, you need to tell your helper what they can or can't help. Uh, have when you're at work etc and I think also like maybe um, grab some books to talk about different food groups and like the, they do learn food pyramid but it's kind of like fakely and they, they may not even know what's in the bottom group what, what I consider as grains so again supermarket tours take them out and then let them know what is the bottom level of the food pyramid and then the top um, what about the fruit and vegetables and then ensure they have more frequent meals so they're not hungry hungry when they're hungry they will just go to the snack cupboards and get chips or chocolates or lollies or whatever is in there so i think um number one rule is you need to give them three main meals that is nutritious and mostly comprised of carbohydrate and then teach them that they need to eat vegetables and then there's a bit of protein involved as well and then the um, snacks in between and the fluid replenishment should be from water rather than sugary drinks and that's not only with the tooth decay and also um yeah, too much sugar will gain weight. Absolutely. And they, these sort of uh, soft drinks, these poppers are full of sugar. Sugars, if you look yeah. at the back, some exactly. of them is even more than a, a Coca-Cola, Definitely. for example. Yeah, they, and they're not from f- real fruit juice or, or fruits. They're, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, in terms of food labeling, just for a um, reference point, if you go to the food label and you read the sugar content, five grams of sugar is equate to one teaspoon, and one of those popper drinks is easily fifteen, twenty grams, and that's like three to four, four teaspoon of sugar. I mean, you wouldn't even put that in your tea or, or, or like add to your drink, so. But you don't taste it. Like children don't taste it. And in hot weather like this, they will end up grabbing two a day or three or even, even for real fruit juice, they will have that sugar content. So it's best to eat the real fruit rather than juice it. Wow, that's so enlightening, Lisa. I mean, it's true. That's, I mean, 20 grams is equivalent to four teaspoons of sugar. That's right. You're right. I wouldn't put that in my sort of hot beverages. But, uh, you know, I don't taste it if I'm no, having a fruit juice, right. an apple yeah, juice. That's right. You don't taste it. And that's so um weird. Yeah, yeah. So I think that is um, quite alarming when you put that into like a serving size. Like the numbers doesn't look too too bad. But then when you put it in the real food term, it just is quite alarming. I think, I don't know, a suggestion to the nutritional labeling, they should actually have stickers of how many teaspoons <laughs> so people yeah. can actually visualize yeah. how much sugar. Yeah. But then nobody will buy it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. You know, you're absolutely right about education. Sometimes it's about educating ourselves and our helpers, but also the extended family. In Hong Kong, I notice, uh, you know, perhaps grandparents yes. look after uh, the children. Yes. And sometimes grandparents are... Maybe some are really knowledgeable, but some aren't so clued up. And my mum, for example, will 
you know, hand out snacks and biscuit, you know, willy nilly. And that's right. (laughs) That's right. And then that is absolutely right. The carers. The carers need to be educated themselves. And, you know, sometimes it's just for convenience to, to have a peace of mind, just give them a packet of whatever and then keep them quiet for... Or oh, it's snack time, now let's give them some biscuit. That's but they right. don't realize that there's sugar and so much salt in the biscuit exactly. and it's so addictive. That's right. And it's easier to give them a packet of biscuits than cut up carrot sticks, for example. <laughs> so exactly. So part of it, it's not you know, uh, how much you eat, it's what you eat. That's right. And even if you eat good uh, fruit, one piece of fruit is the accumulation. It's also the portion size. So sometimes there is a thing called too much of a good thing. So if you eat a low sugar food, if you eat three pieces of it, it will end up become a high sugar food. And so it's, it's portion control as well as food choices. What about in terms of processed food? Like you said, you know, with the busy lifestyle of, of parents, a lot of times, you know, maybe they eat out as well. Yes. That's more difficult to control. The, mm. I mean, I mean, how do you choose healthier food options when you're eating out? Yes. Now, with the processed food, there's a lot of studies talked about um, the cancer preventive diet is to cut all this processed food. And um, also there is a lot of... Um, Articles lately talk about trans fat yeah, in, in right. biscuits and cookies. So they are also your processed snacks that uh, you should be preventive for because of the heart concern. And yeah, as I said, the cancer. So if you eat out, then it's best to choose food that is um, least cooking method. That's what I teach my clients. So what that means is choose something that doesn't have much sauces or um, that is could be steam or grilled or bake something that is simple instead of like some Chinese cuisine especially for example the Shanghai niece it's a lot of sugar a lot of salt and and they might pre-fry it uh, before put it in front of you so there's a lot of oil a lot of salt and sugar and that's where the uh, weight gain from so children love taste once they eat something nice, it's hard to go back home and eat your carrot sticks. So I think um, choosing a restaurant and also the, the dishes is also education itself. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's leave with some tips for parents and carers. So you mentioned uh, one point is actually letting the child sleep earlier. Yes. That's definitely enough sleep, enough rest, and then um, increase their incidental or or any activity so incidental meaning i know it's hot outside but i hear people will let their kids take a taxi for a 10 minutes walk (laughs) like i said how did you get here i caught a taxi and i thought you were you're my neighbor is this 10 minutes away and you're eight years old yeah and you're eight years old so it's um and incidental activities, meaning activities is not like you need to go to gym or go to a class for any movement you need to increase. And also um, small frequent meals, regular meals, and then um, follow the food pyramid in terms of the food portion and uh, cut the sugar. If you can, drink plenty of water. I think that they are the tips that I can give. Yeah. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for giving up your time. Remind our listeners once again, have you got a website or Instagram that people can follow you on? Yes. My Instagram is friendlydietitian2019. Friendly dietitian with, uh, uh, is one word and it's spelled with F-R-I-E-N-D-L-Y-D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N 2019. 
all in one word, and uh, practice in the clinical IMC in uh, Central, and the website is imchk.hk. Excellent. Well, many thanks, sir, for your time once again, Lisa Chan, and I look forward to chatting with you another time. Thank, Thank you very you, much. Thank you, Noreen. Thank you.